the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's I on Real Estate on AM 970. The answer. Portions of I on Real Estate, sponsored by Hemp Leaf. We won't put anything on your body that you wouldn't put in your body. This is Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. From the heart of New York City and the tri-state area to the most active real estate hotspots across America. Keeping you plugged in to the latest real estate market trends. From mortgage news and legal developments to everything you need to know about buying or selling a property. Benefited by the advice of the experts. Now, here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Good morning, everyone. I'm Dottie Herman, and welcome to Ion Real Estate. We're the only real estate show that talks about real estate and everything that has to do with real estate. And let me tell you, everything does. Lifestyles, everything. And one of the wonderful things about real estate is that it's what I call the universal language. Everybody wants to know about real estate. It doesn't matter if you're a renter. If you're not looking to buy, rent, or sell, if you're buying, if you're selling, it doesn't matter if you live in a $100,000 house or a $20 million house, everyone loves to hear about real estate. And um, so wherever I go, that's the only questions people ask. And I, I you know, I am. Uh, so we're going to talk about real estate today, and I'm really um, very excited to have our attorney, Stephen Ebert, a partner at prestigious firm Casson & Casson, located, located in Westchester, who will be my co-host for the first hour. Um, so looking forward to that. Stephen always has a wealth of knowledge. He's the smartest and brightest real estate attorney that I know. Um, this week, remember, it ends 30 minutes earlier. So if you have any questions, either email them to us or send them uh, or call. We'd love when we hear from you. Uh, so it ends early. And we have a really special guest coming on the 11th at 11 o'clock right after the news. You won't want to miss him. We will be joined by Ed Niles. And Ed Niles is a celebrity architect for Johnny Carson. And he did Johnny Carson's home in Malibu. And he'll be joining us at 11 o'clock. He's very interesting. And you really want to hear him. Um, I want you to know that you can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, uh, just go to Dottie Herman, okay, Facebook, and uh, you can get me any way you'd like. Email me, but we love to hear from you, and we try very hard that if you send us a question and you don't call in, um, to try to answer any of the questions that you send us through email or through Facebook or however you send them, um, we try to air them on the air. So don't forget, you can listen to us besides for that on AM 970, uh, or Heart Radio app. And just remember, just follow me. And I also have a very great newsletter. So when you go to Dottie Herman, sign up for my newsletter. It's free and it's really informative. And with that, let me say good morning, Steve. Good morning, Dottie. Good morning to all of our listeners. 
Hope you're having a great weekend. I am. I'm going to work out as soon as this is over because I've made a commitment. Not that I didn't work out my whole, you know, I've always worked out. But I've made a commitment to really, you know, I got a little, over the holidays, you know, sometimes you can get a little lazy. So I'm back to the gruel. And I, I have to tell you, you know, it's really, really important for us all to be active in some manner because it's really good for your health, it's good for your mind, it's really just overall good. So, sometimes it's a pain in the neck. You know, it's a great point, and, and I think, you know, it's, it's one of the challenges that we're having with this sort of hybrid work schedule oh, for a lot of people. You know, everyone's routine is sort of thrown a little bit upside down, you know, where, you know, you're having work at home, so when does the work day exactly end? You know, and it's interesting, there, there was a lot of commentary about work from home, and, and some in, some um, CEOs were more in favor, some less in favor, and some talking about trying to have amenities at the office. So, you know, it's interesting. Is, is the office going to be more like home, and is the home going to be more like the office? Um, it's going to be tough to tell. Well, I, I think, you know, Stephen, I think we're in a peculiar time, very different, because pre- pandemic you know everybody had a schedule you came into work at x time you took lunch at x time i mean everything was a lot more scheduled and now i think after the pandemic number one i don't think most people want to work like that anymore um i look a lot of them you know i'm a baby boomer <clears throat> very different the millennials are very different generation <clears throat> and they don't want to work as much. I'm not saying that they don't want to work, but they don't want to work as much, and they want the flexibility to have a better balance in their life. And I can only speak from my experience uh, as a CEO and as a baby boomer. I've worked all the time. And in many ways, you know, people would say, well, you can't have it all. You know, you can't have a, a family and kids and a lot. And so you balance it. And I always tell people, well, you try to have to balance your life where, you know, you know, you know, your kids need you more maybe at this time, so you have to put more there. Your your spouse needs you more. Your your job needs you more. So you kind of had to balance everything somewhere around, um, give and take. And the millennials, like, maybe have it better. I'm not sure. Uh, they want to have a balanced life, and they do not want to make their job their whole life at the risk of not playing golf, not having family time with their kids, not having time with their spouses or their significant others or friends. So, and because people, a lot of people still have some form of working at home, it's, it's very different scheduling it, you know? And if you work at home, sometimes if you don't put a schedule in place for yourself, you could kind of be very off censored. You know what I'm saying? Like I well, you trying. Know, it's, it's a, yeah, it's, you know, it's a great point. And, and the problem is when people don't, you know, well, people might save on the commuting time by not having to travel to an office. We're also losing that sort of black and white sort of boundary definition where people may say, fine, we'll let you work from home, but make sure you also answer, answer that email at eight o'clock at night, you know? That, that's the interesting question on boundaries. And, and you throw that in with social media and, you know, people being, quote, always available and people working in different time zones. You know, it's an interesting question that, that people need to be mindful of because they could really, you know, the day could never end in a way. 
Well, I have to tell you, I'm in the real estate business my whole life, and work never ended. The day never ended because unlike like a retail or maybe offices, um, if real estate, people couldn't care less what time they called you. But people would call me at 11 o'clock at night if they were, felt they were losing a deal or they wanted a deal. They didn't care what time. So in my industry, time was never kind of scheduled. People, you know, it's a very personal thing when you're selling your own home. And people, you and, and the good news about that is you really, because residential real estate, not commercial, but residential real estate is very personal. So you end up getting to know people a lot better because their home is very personal and they don't have any boundaries as long as when they call you, okay? And if they have an offer at 7 o'clock and you're going to a party, well, you're going to be late for that party. And I can't tell you how many things I was always late for <laughs> because somebody was doing a deal, we had to negotiate something, so you really couldn't have been on a time clock. So I'm kind of used to doing that. And emails, I'm an insomniac. You'll find emails coming at 3 o'clock in the morning for me. Uh, but people want answers right away now. And I remember when I first started the business, Steve, um, like you could say they didn't have, you know, they had like an answering machine. So you could say, gee, uh, you left the message on the answering machine? I probably didn't get that, I, you know. People could, would wait. Now everything is instant. Everything in, that you do, people want a response right away. I do a lot of social media. And actually, it's really hard to keep up with because people write and they want an answer right away. And it's a lot. It's a lot, you know. And you can't answer something two weeks later. So there's good and there's bad to it. And I think we're all adjusting to it. And what I think is really a good topic to talk about, and has a lot to do with housing, one of the biggest questions that people ask me, Steve, and I'm sure they ask you, is it a good time to buy? Is it a good time to sell? Well, <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> and, and, and the first thing is, there's never one right answer for everybody. No. Because right. the fact is, everybody has life, and you can't get, you can't let what's going on in the world fully get in the way of living your life. And so that's one key driver. You're going to have events, you know, people are graduating from school, they're relocating, changing jobs, getting married, having kids, etc. So first off, life doesn't stop. So that's already one element of what's going on. And the second thing is, it's all about understanding perspective. And, and you know, it's interesting, it seems to be the theme of the morning, perspective at work, a perspective when it comes to buying and part of what we're seeing now is deals are definitely happening we have contracts being negotiated we have deals being signed this week and, and every week but what happens is, is is there an understanding of the other side and what I think right now we're in a period where buyers think we're in one place sellers think we're in another and there's a little more of a gap you know, look, whenever you're a seller, and this is one of the reasons that you need a professional on your side, you know, you always think your home is perfect because you have all of your memories and so forth and things that have meaning to you. But there's also a need for stagers and other people because buyers have their own look. So the question is, and this is where I see when more deals happen or fewer deals happen, is what's the distance? The distance in perspective of the buyer and the seller. 
is it smaller or is it greater? And so right now, I think we have a little bit of a greater distance, which means things are taking longer to negotiate. And so what I think is going to happen is the sellers who see where the market is, their deals are moving quite quickly. The sellers who don't realize exactly where things are not flexible, um, they're going to need to wait a little bit longer and to see who's right or wrong. You know, and, and we'll see that over the next few months. Well, I would say to you, you know, people, we have all short memories. So if you go back pre-pandemic, I think real estate's getting back to what pre-pandemic times were, which is what I, re- I consider a return to normalcy. I mean, there were some bidding wars on some very well-priced houses or something really hot, but it was a normal time. The markets were good. Markets are bad. You know, they go up and they go down. But I always tell people, you don't really lose money in real estate unless you have to sell at the wrong time. For example, if you bought a house and then like, you know, in the pandemic and you paid $100,000 over asking price just to get it and you sold it now, you might get that price. You might get a little bit less, but you really don't lose money if you just hold it because traditionally real estate goes up. It doesn't go up to the extent that it went up in the pandemic when it went up like 22% in a year. But that was an unusual time. So when people compare and you read statistics that say, oh, the real estate market's down by, well, you're comparing it to the pandemic of 20 and 21 when everybody moved. If it was not moving out of the cities they were in, it was moving to a larger space because we were on lockdown, they needed places to work. So that's kind of an unfair comparison, I I think, anyway. So I kind of look at its return to normalcy, okay, make offers, sellers, my advice to you is never, and I say this all the time, never say I'm not listening to any offer under this price. And I can't tell you how many sellers tell the real estate agent that. And remember, as a real estate agent, we are working for the seller. So we must do what the seller asks. But my advice to you sellers, you never know where a deal will go. You should listen to all offers. Don't cut any out. Listen to them and listen to the terms of them. And if you're a buyer... And you're using, and I really feel it's important to use a broker. Find out from the broker what's important to the seller. You know, sometimes, I mean, I just, somebody asked me about a house the other day, one of my doctors that I know, and she asked me, what do you think? And I, you know, I I, I went to see the property and I said, well, they have to move. So I'm sure, you know, they'll be somewhat flexible in their price. And if you probably could get in right away because they bought something already, that probably would be a big plus to them because they don't want to carry two houses. Now, that might not be the circumstance for everybody, so it's good if you are the buyer to know as much as you can on what the seller's needs because sometimes a seller, look, if you have a deadline or you bought another home and you're sitting with this home that you still live in, you might be more flexible to a person's terms. If someone says, well, listen, I can buy this home and I can close in a month rather than someone who might maybe offer more, but they can't close for a while. So terms are, and are, are, are very important. Just don't only look at the price. 
But in saying 100%, that, and, and right? that 100%, I mean, that is, I think that's such a great example because so many times people negotiate their deal wrong because they presume, and I think incorrectly, that if you looking at real estate transactions as a one-off transaction and it's all about price only. And that is one way to look at it. But if that's how you look at it, you're immediately in conflict with the other side. Every dollar it goes down, the buyer saves. Every dollar it goes up, the seller gets more in their pocket. And if that's the only lens, and look, money's important, of course, but if that's the only lens, then it's tougher to negotiate. And if you actually can find out what's motivating the other party, then it gives an opportunity. So, for example, a seller, in what you're saying, who might need a little flexibility on moving out, because of the timing of a sale and a buy, if they also work with the buyer and say, look, seller, you know, buyer, give the seller some flexibility on the move out date, but we'll be, but seller will be flexible with the buyer on the closing date so they can lock in their interest rate because we're in a market where interest rates have gone up, but they've also gone down and it's a little roller coaster like. And if the parties work with each other, there's an opportunity for both sides to save money and work with each other. So it's definitely important to, on the one hand, you are on the other side of a deal, but there's a professional and cooperative way to negotiate. And if you can see these opportunities for savings, you can make the deal smoother and more likely to happen. That's true. And Steve, while we're on the topic, I'm sure you can speak on this. Um, When you're purchasing a house, traditionally, traditionally, and let's assume you're taking a mortgage, Traditionally, they give you about three months to close, okay? Now, in a contract, and Steve, correct me, I'm not an attorney, but for most of the contracts I did, you know, they have a closing date. So let's just say we're, we're in January. So let's just say the closing date was March 22nd or 23rd. Usually, they would have a 30-day grace period. Like if you, if you didn't close on that exact date, but you closed within 30 days, there was no penalty, unless you had the word time of the essence. Could you talk a little about that? Absolutely. And and what I'm about to say is the New York version of this. Other states are usually less flexible than New York, but so I'm going to give the New York view on this. Um, Yeah, and so that's why it's very important for anyone doing a buy-sale combination in more than one state to make sure that they understand the flexibility or lack of flexibility that one would have in the different jurisdictions because you gotta make sure you're covered on both sides of your transaction. So you're exactly right, Dottie. Unless if it is very clearly time is of the essence, which by the way is very rare in New York, and even then when you have it, judges are very loath to enforce it because they're viewed Hold that thought, Steve. Hold that thought, because this is very important. I don't want to miss any of it. We're coming up for a quick commercial break, and Steve Ebert and myself, Dottie Herman, will be back talking about real estate and everything you should know. And remember, knowledge is power, so you don't want to miss any of this.
Blinds.com wants to thank all our customers for making us the number one online retailer of custom window coverings. To celebrate, we're giving you up to 45% off site-wide. With Blinds.com, there's no guesswork, no hassle, and no multiple trips to the store. And right now, we're thanking all our customers with big savings at our big thank you sale. Upgrading your window coverings is a minor project with a major impact. And Blinds.com makes it easier and more affordable than you think. Need help choosing? Talk to a Blinds.com expert designer for free to make the best selection from trendy woven wood to classic shutters, shades, and more. See for yourself why Blinds.com has over 40,000 five-star reviews. Plus, you can rest easy with Blinds.com's professional installation services and 100% satisfaction guarantee. Shop Blinds.com's big thank you sale now through January 24th and save up to 45% site-wide. Up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Okay, Mr. and Mrs. Local Business Owner, do you get calls from multiple digital marketing firms trying to sell you the quick fix to your marketing challenges? Maybe you've bought the latest tactic that some hotshot sold you and you're wondering where your results are. The problem is you know you need to market your business, but trusting a partner, well, that's been a challenge. Our solution for many local business owners is through our digital marketing solutions, Salem Surround. Salem Surround is unique because we're based on the same guiding principles that Salem Media is. We actually care about our clients and we're accountable to our results. The same care that we deliver our radio content to you is the same we do with all our digital marketing services. So reach out to us at SalemSurround.com today and we'll consult with you about your individual needs and create a customized plan to actually do what you need your investment to do. That's SalemSurround.com, a full-service digital marketing solution for your business. Listen, I just discovered a new line of skincare products that I must tell you about. I have tried so many products over the years that have been on the market, some very popular brands, some newer brands, okay? But I am so excited about this new product, Hemp Life. First of all, Hemp Leaf is nothing. There's nothing in this stuff, and I'm a very big person on natural. There's nothing in this stuff that I couldn't eat, not that I would want to eat cream. Don't get that wrong. But if I wanted to, it is that pure, okay? And so there's no chemicals or anything that's going to ever hurt your skin or your body. I tried the Vanilla Passion Skin Cream first. That scent was soft, but not overwhelming. You don't want anything that's too overwhelming. It was just perfect. But the feel on my skin, well, it was delicious. It's not at all greasy. It absorbs very easily. And I felt my skin perking up as soon as I put it on. The black soap, while it may look less than inviting, was the most amazing surprise to me. It was smooth and it was creamy and it made my skin feel so hydrated. And I don't know about you, but my skin, no matter how much cream I put on, is always dry. So this was just great. My skin was so hydrated and it lasted. I just loved it. I'm really looking forward to trying the rest of the product line and sharing my thoughts with you. To purchase this amazing product, go to www.hempleaf. Okay, www.hempleaf. And that's hemp, H-E-M-P-L-I-E-F, hemp. H-E-M-P-L-I-E-F dot com.
Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. At Progressive, we know there's nothing like the feeling of riding a motorcycle with your crew on the open road. It's a primal, wild freedom, a feeling that would be impossible to recreate on the radio. Until now. Hit it, sound effects guy. Hmm, no. You know, we really lost a stride at the end there. Get 24-7 roadside assistance with Progressive, America's number one motorcycle insurer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Roadside assistance subject to policy terms and limits and may require comprehensive coverage. The Orange look to bounce back with another road trip this weekend as they head to Atlanta to meet Georgia Tech Saturday at noon with Orange pregame at 1130. Again, it's a noon tip-off Saturday on AM 970, The Answer. New York's home for Syracuse University basketball. Listen to AM 970 The Answer on Alexa. Tune in, iHeart, or odyssey.com. Continuing with Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. Here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. We're back. You're listening to Eye on Real Estate. I'm here with my co-host for the first hour, Stephen Ebert. And we were in the middle of talking about contracts and timing and of timing of the essence. And Steve, you were in the middle of... Speaking about that, when we had a commercial, in, in, you know, in a commercial, and I didn't want to inter- get in the middle of it because this is really important to know. So, you want to continue with what you were speaking about? Yeah, absolutely, Dottie. So, generally speaking, in New York, um, closings are an estimated date, and also you got to be very careful if you're dealing with multiple um, transactions in multiple states. Right? Imagine if you're selling your home, you know, in Atlanta and you're moving to New York, well, the rules in Georgia could be very different on timing than New York. The other thing, so, so when you got to make sure you have a place to live and you're not breaching any other co- contract, and also you got to be very mindful when you lock in your mortgage rate because, remember, um, if you don't close by that date, you might be subject to extension fees or lose the rate that you thought you were going to have on your mortgage. So knowing how the closing date works is very, very critical. And I'm going to throw in another element in a minute, but let's first get start with a single-family house, and then we'll talk about some extra nuance in the condominium and co-op world as well. So when you put in this date, it's considered a good-faith estimated date subject to reasonable adjournment. And I know that's a mouthful, but there's no one statute, there's no one precise case that says whatever date you have, if you don't close by this magic date in the end, then something poof happens. And that's very important because you got to talk about having leverage and the ability to persuade the other side into working with you in a contract. Now, assuming everything else is in order, which can be a big assumption, then what happens is when we come to that closing date and then all of a sudden, let's say I'm representing the buyer and the buyer says to me, hey, Steve, you know, we were supposed to close yesterday, according to the contract, nothing's happened. How can I force the seller? Well, what happens is you got to talk to the other side, and first you want to try to persuade and cajole. And if that doesn't work, and if we're really at loggerheads, then what we have to do is send them what's called as a time of the essence letter, which says, hey, seller, buyer's done everything we're supposed to do. We're supposed to have had the closing already. If you don't close by this future date certain, 
then we're going to either walk away or we're going to look for penalties and the like. And that starts this process where action could be taken against the other side. Now, there's a few other things to keep in mind. Maybe in some cases, a per diem penalty is thrown in, right? If the other side forces you to lose a rate lock, maybe they'll pay the extension fees or maybe something else. But most of the contracts don't have that. So the parties need to understand who really has the better position of power because if the roles were reversed, the seller side could say, buyer, I'm going to go after your 10% deposit, which is already sitting in the seller's attorney's escrow account. So you got to remember the parties have a different level of harm. And so the punishments are not identical. And that's very important because that affects the follow-up strategy. But the last point I want to say on this before I, I throw in a little extra co-op condo nuance into this is you know you, you got to understand that it's not a precise number of days if you look at the court cases it's a little bit all over the place i've seen one case as short as nine days which is i wouldn't go by that as you can push that in most cases to sometimes six weeks the reason a lot of people in the industry say you have 30 days is that the cases seem to point to that as around a reasonable amount of time. But I want to be clear, it is based on the facts and circumstances, and it's not an exact, you have precise 30 days. So, Other Stephen, thing with that, Dottie, before you, you continue, uh, just so that everybody understands that, because Stephen's so smart sometimes, I think, that I just want to break it down to easier things. Basically, what Stephen's saying is when you sign a contract, you better look at the timing. You better know what that is. And although I tell you from my experience, generally, and that's generally, most people within 30 days, they didn't make us think about it. However, that's not going to always be the case. So you have to have a good real estate attorney and make sure that you're protected, okay? And if you ever see the word time of the essence, which was something that I try to tell people never to sign, I'm not an attorney, but there might be a case or two when it's important, but that's very different. And would you, you know, because that you have to close on that day, otherwise there's a big penalty, correct? Yeah. I mean, potentially you could risk your deposit. Yeah. Um, potentially if you're the buyer, potentially if you're a seller, people could back out of the deal which in a market, right, keep in mind, if you sign a contract, and right, and this is particularly important in new development, right, if they promise to close by a certain date and they don't, if somebody signed a contract a year ago for a new build and they missed the, and the developer misses their deadline to close, it could be a much bigger threat for the buyer to say, fine, I'll take my deposit back and walk away and find something else. Because in a time period where, and we talked about this earlier, where maybe the market is a little roller coaster-like, we have our ups and we have our downs, if somebody signed on the way up, having the right to cancel on the way down might be terrific for them, an opportunity to renegotiate. I mean, I have something right now where we had a new development. The sponsor was supposed to close early January. They didn't. That date wasn't time of the essence, but I made them specifically agree to a date, and they're not going to be ready till March. And I told them, I said, look, 
we can send each other a lot of letters back and forth, but we know how it's going to end. You are unable to perform in time. Yeah. And, 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 and they said, okay, we get it. What do you want? And so basically we got a couple of goodies thrown at us and then the buyer stayed in the deal. Yeah. And that's so why I always tell you, use a real estate attorney. Don't use your son-in-law who's a divorce attorney, even though he'll do it for free. He doesn't want to do it, number one. But you need to get a real attorney that is specializes in real estate. It can make all the difference in the world. And I really can't say that enough to you. <laughs> really. You know, Daddy, free is never free. You know, it's interesting. Exactly. I've exactly. had conversations where, you know, people said, you know, can you structure the deal so I don't pay any taxes? I said, sure. They said, great. I, I, I said, but there's one problem. You won't make any profit. Sure, you could always pay no tax if you, don't, if you, if you sell for a loss, right? But what it's about is not can I solve one issue. It's how do you get the best comprehensive result, Right. That, that, that's, the, that's the really important thing. So just on these dates, be mindful. I want to mention one last point on it, and then I'm going to switch over to the co-op condo. But before you do that. extra thing to keep in mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just want to also make sure that I have time, because I promised everyone I'd give them the five or six things that we expect in 23. So I'll do that after we finish this subject. Perfect. Let me, let me get very quickly. So keep in mind also... There can be other side issues that can delay things more than 30 days that are separate. I'll give you an example. Usually in a contract, if there is a title issue, meaning that maybe there's a lien to clean up, as an example, or an old mortgage that wasn't satisfied properly, as another example, the contract typically allows the seller side a reasonable amount of time, about 60 days to clear it up. So one of the most important things we do as attorneys at least in our office, we always order that title report immediately because we do not want to have the seller be able to delay your closing more than 30 days because they have a title objection and that buys them additional time. So That's when a great about point. Delays, there can be a lot of other nuances besides just somebody wanting to close later. We'll finish very, this very after the commercial break. We'll be right back. You're listening to Ion Real Estate. I'm Dottie Herman. I'm here with Stephen Ever. Discovery Communications, LLC, seeks a software development engineer, too, in New York, New York, to provide guidance to other software engineers related to software application and system design coding and operational best practices. Teleworking permitted salary $157,477 to $218,75. Send resume to Tyler Williams, Discovery Communications, LLC, 9721, Sherrill Boulevard, Knoxville, Tennessee, 37932. Marketing your business is hard. It's so competitive, and getting new customers is as hard as keeping your existing ones. We know it because we're a local business, too. So when it comes to marketing your business and getting new customers, we know how to do it. Our digital marketing firm, Salem Surround, is built to create customized solutions to your business, not your competitors. 
just you. Reach out to us at SalemSurround.com and we'll work with you to create those solutions that will increase your business and bring you new customers. SalemSurround.com Hi, it's Arthur Idala. Happy 2023. And I want to thank all of you who have been listening to the Arthur Idala Power Hour every night at 6 p.m. here on AM 970 The Answer. It wouldn't be the hit that it is without you tuning in every day. We work hard to bring you a different slant on the news day after day, and we try to make it entertaining, informative, provocative. We have Sam Bellino, we have Joni, we have Alex. We try to keep it fun, but in an environment where you will learn. Sometimes you might even hear some new breaking legal news before anyone else. If you haven't tuned in before, please give us a listen in the new year. We broadcast every night, Monday through Friday, 6 p.m., right after the great John Katzman TDs. Folks, God bless you, God bless our country, and God bless New York City, the greatest city in the world. Listen, I have just discovered a new line of skincare products. I have to tell you about, look, I have tried many products over the years that have been on the market forever. So that's why I'm so excited about hemp beef. First of all, there is nothing in this stuff, hemp leaf, that I couldn't eat if I wanted to. And as I said before, I don't want to eat it, but to know that it's natural and it's pure um, is very important to me. Okay? I tried the Vanilla Passion Skin Cream, and of course, I love that smell. I, I even have house freshness with that smell. It's the first scent, okay, that's soft. It's not overwhelming. It feels great on my skin. It's just delicious, and it's not at all greasy. It absorbs right away, and I feel my skin perking up and becoming plump immediately. The black soap, while it might not look very inviting, was the most amazing surprise to me. It's smooth and creamy and makes my skin feel so hydrated. I just loved it. I am really looking forward to trying the rest of the product line and sharing my thoughts with you. To purchase this amazing product, go to www hempleaf.com. That's www.hempleaf.com. Spell that H-E-M-P-L-I-E-F. That's H-E-M-P-L-I-E-F.com. You're going to love it as much as I do. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Cable news. Noisy, out of touch, on repeat. Tired of all the lookalikes? So are we. Salem News Channel is here to change the game. Streaming 24-7, free on your TV, with the greatest collection of conservative voices. Home to Dinesh D'Souza, Andrew Wilkow, Brandon Tatum, and more. Like you, we say what's wrong and what's right. Unfiltered and unapologetic. Salem News Channel, we're the answer to the mainstream media. Learn more at snc.tv. Listen to AM 970 The Answer on Alexa. Tune in, iHeart, or odyssey.com. Continuing with Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. Here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. We're back and listening to Eye on Real Estate. We're finishing um, a topic with Steve, and then I want to quickly, before the uh, commercial break, give you some general housing predictions since I've gotten so many emails and texts about that uh, for 23. So finish, Steve. 
Yes. Yeah, so the other thing to just keep in mind is if you're buying in a co-op and condo, remember you need to get either that board approval or that waiver of the right of first refusal from the board, depending upon the building. So keep in mind, even if the buyer and seller come up with their own timeline, and even if the buyer and seller are perfect and they remain in that timeline, you have to understand how that co-op or condo operates and to see if they can accommodate your timeline. So be aware of that. So now you've all been asking me, uh, and again, nobody has a crystal ball. No one's 100% certain. Okay, but just generally, this is basically what most of the economists are predicting for 23, because everyone says, this is a good time to buy. Should I wait? Should I buy? Well, expert prediction says, you know, you can't compare it to the last three world years. As I said, that's been a world with the housing market. Um, but you hear a lot of recession talk, not strong recession, but there's a lot of people saying, hey, there might be a small recession, like a mild recession. Um, so, but we're optimistic that even if there is a downturn, and there might be, um, that it's probably not going to be a deep recession, all right? And actually, to be honest with you, and I'm always honest with you, so I don't like to say to be honest, it sounds like I lie. But the truth is, really, I think it's a great time to buy. I'm actually looking because there's still very scarce, you know, you know, scarce amount of inventory, but there's less people uh, looking right now. And so it's a better time. Home sales, they say, will slide. Okay. And again, we're talking national now. So it really depends on where you live. You, you live, you know, you can't go by every single place. Um, there will still be some bidding wars, but not nearly like there were. Uh, mortgage rates are not expected to go down unless we go into a recession. If we go into some kind of recession, some people say we're in one. I really couldn't tell you. Um, but there has been a slowdown. I mean, it's, but again, a slowdown compared to what we were in is predictable. I mean, you know, the pandemic, those sales were, I've never seen anything like that in my life. And also we're in kind of the winter months. And so it's usually a little bit slower. Um, so the slowdown, you know, it's a little slower, but there's still buyers out there. And if you're out there, stay out there. Uh, mortgage rates, to, again, no guarantee, but after increasing to a a 20-year high, at, at, I think it was seven something in early November. Mortgage rates have gone down. I think they're about six now, and that trend is likely to continue in 23. Uh, how far down they go, I couldn't tell you. High mortgage combined with high home prices have made a home purchase less affordable this year, as monthly payments increased by more than 50 percent. Any improvements in rates is welcome news to, to buyers. I think they're around six now. Um, and that's really not a bad rate. The average over historically, I told you, was seven and a half. Okay, so I think mortgage rates are fair. You're not going to, I don't think you're going to see them at 3% or 2 or whatever they were during the pandemic. I think that was a once in a life thing, but I could be wrong. I, but I wouldn't, don't expect them to fall back to that. I wouldn't count on it. Home prices should level off. While experts are in agreement that mortgage rates are likely to fall, there is a bigger disparity when it comes to home prices. Experts forecast ranges prices for falling from 4% to a price increase of more than 5%, and that really depends on where you live. 
Um, so they're not going to drop everywhere, but I think they're going to be flat, and I don't think you're going to see 20% increases, or I don't see them anywhere at the moment. Um, I do see, like in, in the southern areas like Florida, where a lot of people are going to, um, I see prices really rising a lot. Inventory across the country now, all over, inventory will still remain tight. And one of the biggest reasons of homes skyrocketing during the pandemic was the lack of the housing supply. Okay, if you have more buyers than you have houses, you're going to have a seller's market. In 23, you're going to see an improvement. There'll be more. There's more homes on the market now, but inventory is still low and is still uh, below normal levels. So even though we have more inventory than the pandemic, we still don't have enough. The pace of sales has slowed considerably from, again, the pandemic, but you should expect that. Buyers and sellers in 23, especially if mortgage rates are a little bit lower and, you know, they're normal, um, should see a return to normalcy. And as everything improves, the number of homes on the market will remain below pre-pandemic rates. So what that's telling you is if inventory is tight, prices are going to remain strong, okay? Um, now, of course, if you're in one of those hubs or you're in an area, you know, that is really hot, then you might see big increases. Like there's, you know, certain areas that are really like, Zoom towns, that, that's what economists call them. They call them Zoom towns, and that's cities that attract a large number of pandemic buyers who have shifted, as Steve said, have shifted to remote work. So now they don't have to work in their office. They can work anywhere and are looking for more affordable housing. And those are the metros looking to see home prices uh, go up significantly. You know, the Zoom towns where people are moving to because they can still do remote and they don't have to be in the office every day. And, th and so they said, well, why not be in a climate that's nice and this and that? So those markets, okay, which are probably the South and Midwest, remain very much in demand and could see home prices increasing throughout the year. So there's no one, one size fits all. And if there's anything you're interested in, particularly or a town or an area, just text me or send it to the radio show and I'll give you a, a synopsis. But remember... It's general, and you really never know until you start to negotiate with someone, until you speak to someone, uh, do you really find out where their flexibility comes in. But my best advice to you is I think it's a great time to buy. Um, I'd be out there. I'd be looking, okay, and if I found something I liked and I had the right you know, financing set in place, of course, you know, do all your stuff ahead of time, be pre-approved. It's a great time to buy, and that's my opinion. What about you, Steve? Anything? Well, in saying that, let me continue. I have some very big news for Long Islanders. I guess it would affect everybody in the city. Uh, but the Las Vegas Sands is going to buy the Nassau Coliseum in a bid for casino entertainment resorts. The Las Vegas Sands, okay, has, signed a long, has agreed to buy the long-term lease of the Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum, the largest arena on Long Island, and longtime home of the New York Islanders. How about that? And hopes to develop a major casino on that site. 
After nearly two decades of working to transform Nassau Coliseum site, including countless hours of meeting with thousands of community members, the message has been overwhelmingly clear that Long Islanders want a global, renowned entertainment destination that creates well-paying jobs, which this will, and new opportunities at the hub of Nassau County. The challenge for turning this vision into reality has always been the commercial viability of a site encumbered by nearly obsolete half-century-old... That, that arena has been there forever. When I was a kid, I used to go there for all concerts. The plan envisioned by the Sands is a once-in-a-generation opportunity to create a world entertainment and hospitality sensation that has been sought after by Long Islanders. If the lease goes through, it would give the company control of 80 acres in Uniondale and would mean that the Coliseum would be home to the first Vegas-style casino on Long Island. There is already one gaming facility in, I think it's in Icelandia, out in Suffolk County, and that only has, and that has no live dealers. While the Shinnecock Indian Nation, which is out in the Hamptons, uh, is building a casino that will also allow slot machines. This month, New York State formally launched an application process. Okay, and it looks like this might happen. What I was curious about what your opinions are on it. Hey, I don't know. Hey, Dottie, it's Steve. Got cut there for a second, um, but yeah, there, there's a lot going on, and you know, and there's definitely a bunch of competing thoughts and bids that are out there. We have. You know, Nassau County, and I'm sure you heard about also, it looks like Steve Cohn's looking to do a major redevelopment in, in Willis Point by City Field, where they already have the uh, New York City Football Club coming, and they're talking about putting a casino bid over there. Um, and, and there's a few others, including possibly John Casamatidis by uh, Coney Island or Staten Island. And then also near the UN was another discussion point among some others. Yeah, so it seems like they're bringing a lot of new things. Like I, I can just tell you that the Coliseum has kind of been dead for a long time, and having a major entertainment with his major class one entertainers, okay, and every it will just be so great, and it will also bring revenue and people, okay. And I, it looks like that instead of everything being in Manhattan, they're looking to spread it around. Do you feel that, Steve? Like, spread different things around this, the tri-state? Well, I, I think so, and I think that's a trend that's definitely starting to evolve uh, uh, of strengthening and developments in the immediate surrounding area. And I think it's really just a question of what's the right mix. Um, you know, I think there's obviously been a lot of casino talk you know, I remember growing up, it was always just Vegas and right. Atlantic City, and now we've seen the growth of casinos. So I think it's a matter of just finding the right mix of entertainment that's out there. And, um, you know, look, there, there's a great, you have a lot of people, there's a great hub, you know, right by the Coliseum. So they definitely need to have the right kind of project there. And so, you know, I, I think one of those projects, one of those locations are, are, are going to make sense. Yeah. And by the way, everybody, you know, don't, at 11.05, we don't, you won't want to miss it. We're going to have Ed Niles, who is a Malibu-based architect who designed Johnny Carson's Point Doom Home. 
and his, you know, he's an architect, and he collaborated with Johnny Carson. And all I can tell you is I remember, you know, my parents watched Johnny Carson every night, I like every single night. I mean, that was it. Johnny Carson, he was an icon. And I think I remember going to uh, a place in Southampton in at this place that we all sat at the bar and watched the last Johnny Carson show. That was kind of like he was an icon, the show was an icon. So um, to see who designed his house and what he was really like when you got to know him is like really important. So you won't want to miss that. And Stephen, I know we didn't get a chance to talk about a lot of stuff, so you might want to tell everybody some of the things you might want to talk about next week so that they'll have an idea because I know there was other things. I mean, the show's a short show this week. It's only on until 11.30, so we couldn't get everything done. Well, there's there's always stuff happening in the real estate world. Um, there's some tax rulemaking benefits that are being worked on. There'll be some hearings on related to daycare centers in the next month. There were some changes uh, regarding fair housing laws that were in New York City that are now more statewide. Um, looking at some new things from lenders. So there's definitely a lot to talk about for next week's show. And I have to say I'm very excited to hear about from Johnny Carson's architect. I mean, when I think of, you know, classic Americana, you, you don't get more than Johnny Carson. So um, it's a great guest to have on and a lot to talk about. Yeah, he's a true, true, true icon. I don't know if anybody could ever replace him. I mean, you, you know, I mean... I, I don't know. I just, you know, I don't want to pick a person. Or, and I don't watch those shows anyway now. But I know as a kid that my parents put that on every single night. He was an icon. And I think you most know, people did. Yeah, you know, I think when it comes to being great speakers and great performers, you need two key things. One, to be a great performer, but also have the opportunity. And I think the one thing that's changed and which makes it difficult, even if someone has the talent of, to have a, a new current Johnny Carson, is that the plethora of entertainment opportunities. You know, you had your networks back in the day. You didn't have to compete against a Netflix or streaming. You're true. Record something and watch the show when you wanted to. So you had to be dialed in, and you sort of had a, you had a standing appointment. Yeah, right? there was limited shows. There was a limited amount of shows you could watch. Very different. We have so much to talk about. We love you. We love hearing from you. Please continue sending us your questions. And we want to thank you for all your support. We'll be back with Ed Niles, the architect who designed Johnny Carson's home, right after the 11 o'clock news. The preceding hour of programming paid for by DTHY Realty Incorporated. From the studio. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.